1991 was a wild year. The Gulf War, the release of the video of the arrest and beating of Rodney King, the Warsaw Pact was dissolved, South Africa ended apartheid, and Ukraine celebrated its first Independence Day. All of these events preceded the American late summer August radio debut of the song Smells Like Teen Spirit. The song, released by a relatively unknown band coming straight out of the Seattle rock melting pot, would fundamentally reshape the landscape of rock music forever. In a short span of three years, the band had the world at its fingertips. After their first U.S. tour in two years, Nirvana began their first European tour in 1994. After their concert in Munich, Germany, things took a tragic turn. The following month, their lead singer and frontman would be found dead in his home in Seattle, Washington. This case file, the theorists make some deep cuts in exploring the case of the death of Kurt Cobain. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 143, Kurt Cobain. I'm Brayden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. Uh, and I'm Andrew. Ooh, you know what? It's so weird. I couldn't find anything linking Courtney Cox to this case at all, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Going down that friend's rabbit hole, eh? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't see anything, so I don't know where this is going today. First off, it's the beginning of the month. You know what time it is? It's time for the meat draw. If you want to be entered in the meat draw for some exclusive swag, you got to be on our Patreon for $10 or more. It gets you entered, entered into our monthly draw for some sweet swag. So why don't we fire up the... Uh, do we put it in the random chart? Right? Is it a special meat draw machine? <laughs> It's a Mitra software. Mitra software? Yeah. yeah Mitra is more, more advanced than the Randomatron, for sure. Yeah. The monthly exclusive alien theorist draw. Oh, but you yeah. just fucking pull out the disc tray, throw a fucking T-bone in that bad boy and slide it in. <laughs> yeah. Slide exact, it back in. That's exactly what happens. All right. Here we go. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Colberry. Oh, Colberry. Uh, those who may not know, Colberry has made basically any kind of heavy metal theme song that we have is basically done by Colberry. Guy fucking rips, man. Yeah. He does. He fucking shreds faces. Yeah, he's fucking awesome. Fucking he's been supporting guys. the show for a really long time, too. So we appreciate it. Like, You're, my boy, You're my he's boy, Barry. He's actually from the same town. So we might be able to do a personal handoff for him. Oh, I will drop that shit off personally. S- save some yeah. shipping. Save some shipping. Yeah. Uh, personal drop off. Yeah. But thanks for, to Colberry for making all our wicked heavy metal tunes. And you're our monthly meat draw winner. So Ooh, if you want yeah. in the meat draw, $10 or more per month gets you into it. All right, why don't we get into a little space news? 
I know we've, I think we've touched on this one before, but there's an interesting article on Science Alert uh, saying a major psychological effect on astronauts in orbit. Uh, basically, they're saying when astronauts see Earth from space, it changes you, changes your outlook on life. Uh, I can't remember what there was a term. I think we've talked about it before. They call it the um, overview effect. Yeah. When you get into overview? space, when you yeah, when you get into space and look back down upon the planet, it like changes your like mental wiring slightly. <laughs> Gives it like a whole new sense of living. Yeah, the overview effect, uh, which author Frank White coined in 1987. Um, so they're, they're saying it's real. I mean, we talked about it before, but there was another interesting article. If you want to read it, it's on sciencealert.com, uh, subcategory space. Um, this one was interesting. Uh, we just got even more evidence. Mars once had a ring. I didn't even know Mars. We had evidence in the first place that Mars had a ring. Me either. <laughs> there was a rubbly ring that circled the red planet. A what? A rubbly ring. I, thought, I, thought you I said try that wubbly. again. Try that again without sounding like Scooby Doo. Wubbly. A rubbly ring. <laughs> a rubbly <laughs> ring. One circled the red planet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Don't say. Don't say his name. All right. We're gonna copyright. Copyright. China. I'm not going into any more that. I'm already embarrassed of reading that article. <laughs> Uh, China is beginning to construct its space station. It's going to start the construction in 2021. China uh, will be in space. Uh, the ambitious schedule of 11 planned launches crammed into only two years. When it's done, the 66-ton space station will host crews of three astronauts for up to six months at a time, lasting for a planned 10 years before deorbiting. Dope. The, the new station slated to open for spacey business in 2023. <laughs> I hope that's what they call it. That's what it's spacey, spacey business. Spacey business. Spacey business. Um, what else we got here? Um, a mysterious deep space flash flashes repeat every 157 days. Um, this we this find could be big clue about the nature of fast radio bursts. Uh, basically, and this one rolls right off the uh, the tongue here. We have a repeater from uh, FRB eighteen oh nine sixteen point J zero one five eight plus six five, and it appears to exhibit a sixteen day activity cycle. So they're not quite sure what it is, um, but it, they've just. They've noted the pattern in this fast radio burst. Uh, so interesting stuff coming from space. We'll keep our eyes on that one. Uh, hopefully it's aliens. Hopefully it's not. Come and scoop us off from this Hopefully it's not the precursor to some type of like supernova or no, what do they call it? Uh, when the star explodes? Um, quasar? It's, an, oh. like a, it's like a high energy beam that shoots out from like a dying, black, like a black hole or something and rips across the galaxy, incinerating everything in its path. Perfect. Hopefully not that. That'll, that'll be on New Year's, New yeah. Year's, twenty twenty. Well, he get hit with that one. Just the talk, icing on the cake. Um. All right. Well, I don't have any other space news unless you guys got a little negative. All right. Well, um, let's get into it. Kurt Curtis Cobain. Before mm -hmm. my time, actually, Nirvana. 
But by the time I got into heavy music, or distorted guitar at least, they were still uh, super popular. But he... what was the? Here's a question: What was your guys's first introduction into? That T-shirt worn by every high school girl on grade eleven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty true. I don't. I don't actually remember. Like my first experience, I like I wasn't the biggest Nirvana fan in when I was like growing up. I was more like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, yep. Ninety Eight <laughs> Degrees. So that, that was sense. a little too heavy for me. I would I like to be rocked softly. Like everyone knows back that in your frosted me, tips days. Yeah. So I like I knew of Nirvana and but a little too edgy I, for you. Little too edgy for me. It hurt yeah. your ears a bit. Yeah. That's fair. I think a lot of a lot of people remember Nirvana just from uh, playing Guitar Hill Heart Shaped Box, easiest song. Honestly, for me, I don't know Dan. I don't know what Dan's first introduction was, but for me, it was on Beavis and Butthead. I remember they reviewed or they they played uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" on it, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is fucking awesome!" I used to like try and stay up on Saturdays as late as I could so I could watch <laughs> Beavis and Butthead because that was a cool thing to do back then, but. Yeah, I remember hearing that song and I was hooked ever since. I went and bought, I went to A&B Sound the following like fucking Sunday and bought the album. I was hooked. I can't remember my first Nirvana thing. I know I remember uh, maybe Beavis and Butthead. I do. I, I kind of want to say Beavis and Butthead. Like I saw like one episode and they, they had had like uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit on there. And then, but then I'm also like, no, it might've been just like a VH1 behind the music. Like I knew of them, but watched a behind the music and that was pretty much it. I remember I being so excited because I remember they were advertising it. You know what I mean? On, it wasn't, it was on much music, I think. And I was all pumped and I was like a little bit of a metalhead when I was younger. So I was, you know what I mean? It was all, it was all amped and it was fucking unplugged. And I was like, what the oh, fuck is this? Sitting down on a stool <laughs> on stage. No, yeah, no, like, no was, movement. Oh man, super bummed out. But now, as an adult, I definitely appreciate the unplugged. Anyways, it's been a uh, the death of Kurt Cobain's been something speculated about since it happened. Uh yeah. So he died April fifth, nineteen ninety four, and because of his, you know, he was a pop, like an icon. Um, Huge. It was I mean, one of those is, deaths. This is the rock and roll Kennedy assassination, basically. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it was, it was, it. I I would say captured the minds of everyone. This story when it happened, it's still to this day. I mean, people are still talking about. There's still people investigating it. Um. So should we? Let's get right into it. I think I. No surprise right now that he died, and the list of people say he died from suicide, which is a gunshot by a a shotgun. Yeah. Official narrative: died by suicide, cause of death shotgun but also high levels of heroin in his system but pretty much he was going to die from the heroin that people say or the shotgun but he got the shotgun blast off and uh, the rest is history or is it and he left behind uh his wife courtney love and their child uh francis bean cobain where does the conspiracy theory in Kurt cobain start like where did that get roots Someone shoots himself, all of a sudden, you know, now it's years and years later, we're still talking about it. So Kurt Cobain, it was ruled later, like do the autopsy report and lividity and and whatever. And there's in his investigation of the death of Kurt Cobain, it was determined that he died 
April 5th, but his body was not discovered until April 8th of 1994. He died. His body was found in his home in Seattle, Washington. He was 27 when he died. Uh, and they... 27 club. And he was found by an electrician coming to install some security... Motion detectors. Motion detectors. Security lights. Yes. <laughs> so, Cobain's kind of thing kind of... I don't know how you really want to say it because I guess everybody who knew him most of them accept that it was suicide. Like when they look back on it, a lot of them, you know, you read interviews with people who were close to him, whether it's family members, um, friends, uh, fellow musicians that worked with him up until the time to where he died. Um, they all said that they, you know, they, they look back on it and they're like, we should have seen it. Like we, we should have saw that he was, you know, there, there was something wrong. And, and we just, we just didn't do it or we didn't know what to do. That was, you know, that's like, what a lot of them say. Well, cause he, like when you look at it, he's that textbook eccentric artist, you know, antisocial kept to himself was very like the time up until, uh, up until his death, there was a good, like probably about a, at least a year where it was, a you know, it was incredibly turbulent with him, whether it was his relationship with Courtney Love all the rumors about them potentially getting divorced, him talking, you know, about in the Rolling Stone magazines about how they're weeks away from signing papers and getting divorced. He's no longer happy, you know, playing in the band Nirvana and is looking at other options. And, you know, what I mean? he's been quoted, I don't know how many different times saying he's got these debilitating illnesses that are making him want to kill himself. Right. Like it's just, and then not to mention in this time frame, you know what I mean? We have, you know, the, the guy has been treating these illnesses with opioids and heroin and overdosing more times than you can count on both your hands. Yeah. And you could probably put the the beginning of the real downward slide into uh, towards his actual suicide. I think a lot of people would begin that at March 4th in 1994 when Cobain had actually ended up overdosing on Rohypnol and champagne at the Excelsior Hotel in Rome. Uh, he had been in Rome, Italy, for the European tour of Nirvana. Um, he had uh, suddenly came down with a type of like a throat infection, so he wasn't able to sing, so they had to cancel the, their dates of the tour. So it was reported that he was severely depressed, Courtney Love had to, uh, you know, at that time they were married, had to fly out there um, and kind of, you know, talk them down. And most of the stuff that we have from, you know, I it's it's hard for me to kind of say stuff about Courtney Love because everybody already assumes that she did it. Yeah. So now it's just like anything that she says, everybody's just like, oh, that lying bitch, she's a conniving sociopath, well, blah, blah, blah. So it's like anything that she says is like out the window, but most of the reports that we have are from her. From what we understand too, though, like I, and again, this is coming from her, but they hadn't seen each other for 26 days since he's been on this tour. And you know what I mean? From, from the night of the overdose, he was excited to see her. They spent the night, you know, they spent the day touring the Vatican. He took her out, bought her some earrings, you know, bought her some lingerie, looking forward to having, you know, spending a good night together. So that's why she says when she woke up to him laying on the floor, you know what I mean? Clutching a thousand dollars in his hand, in one hand, and bleeding from his nose, and an empty Rohypno bottle, right? 
was kind well, of even like, even the doctor, even the doctor in that Italy case had said like everything that said that was a suicide attempt came from Courtney. Even the doctor that like later interviewed it from Italy was like he's like I didn't think it was I think it was a like a medication like slip up. He's like it to me it didn't seem like a suicide attempt. Well, so, the big thing too is like so before he had that before this su- potential suicide attempt, he was taken to the hospital, like Dan said, due to he was having complications. Like he, he was known to have chronic bronchitis. So he had a bronchitis flare up and then he's already got this. He, so I did as much reading as I could do. It sounds like he's, he's had these debilitating stomach problems due to scoliosis and it was pinching a nerve in his stomach. Oh, so he shit. wasn't digesting properly whatsoever. Due to scoliosis. I mean... I didn't, I didn't know it was due to scoliosis. I knew he had stomach problems, but yeah, that's from all the digging I can do. That's, that's the best explanation I had. I heard a couple of people, different people say Crohn's, but the most thing I heard was the fact that he had a pinched nerve in his stomach due to scoliosis. So he was already really ill prior to this overdose. And when you think about it, like this guy's got these two comorbidities already, he's already an unhealthy person. And then you add on an extreme heroin addiction. Mm. This is not a healthy man. He was spending like f- almost four hundred dollars a day on heroin. And I don't know how, that probably seems that seems like a lot of a lot of dollars for drugs back like was it ninety four? I was gonna yeah. say for like his income, I was like that doesn't seem. I was like I was no, how cheap for, is heroin? Well, yeah, I don't. I couldn't tell you how, but how much heroin is actually. I haven't ventured that, black that tar, far yet. Are we talking black tar heroin here or what? Yeah, what? Was, yeah, what, I think that was well. That's what they found in the house when he. Um, that's what they attributed his overdose to in his house was black tar heroin. So is that the, so like the, we, pu- the purest heroin? I don't know you can whether get? that was his preference or not. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not a heroin user, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the ins well, and outs I of the am, heroin game. So let's talk about it. What do you guys want to know? <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys um, want to know? You want to chase the dragon? Let's do it. If we all do it together. So we know. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me that's a conversation that Zell will have. And, uh, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> all um, right, boys. We're going on a pod trip to an opium den <laughs> yeah let's fucking do it opium's different well, we smoke, though yeah opium's are we smoking opium or I, are we injecting heroin because dif- one i'm difference. out for one is a hard sell <laughs> <laughs> one i did in thailand allegedly now that's the day zell became a vampire right <laughs> that was it his so, his soul just disappeared <laughs> So we have the we have the suicide attempt in Italy. We have Courtney saying he's committed suicide. No, oh, no, no, no. Alleged suicide Alleged attempt. Suicide Alleged attempt. suicide attempt. So we come back. We have this. He Kurt Cobain had gone to rehab in in 1994, uh, early April or end of May, early April, and he left the rehab center on April fourth, April first, and then later went missing. Okay, so he did. He did some. There's a couple important things that happened before that. Yeah. yeah. So about. 14 days, two weeks after the the Rome event, uh, you had a domestic a domestic dispute, uh, which oh, that's right. escalated uh, to the point where police had to be called and arrived on the scene. And they were called by Courtney Love. And she had told them that he had locked himself in his room with a 38 caliber revolver and he had been claiming that he was going to kill himself. So the officers ended up confiscating that gun and apparently three others along with that one. And uh, they also confiscated uh, what they reported numerous bottles of unidentified pills. And then 
later that night when they interviewed Cobain, he told them that he hadn't actually been planning to kill himself. He just wanted some time away from his wife. That was his explanation. From the madness, yeah. Which I can't blame him. She was fucking crazy, but anyways. After that incident, though, he, like, surrounded by a group of his closest friends and manager and stuff, pretty much forcibly put him into rehab. Is that what I read? He did one other kind of crucial thing before he went to rehab. So after those, after that domestic dispute, I don't, Dan might know, but I'm not sure if that's where his felony charges stem from, but he ended up getting some type of felony charges and they took away all his guns at that point in time. So him and his best friend, I think it was uh, Dylan Carlson went and purchased a 12 gauge shotgun together. 20 gauge, 20 gauge. And the reason, the reason behind the 20 gauge for a home defense is that with um, it won't shoot through the walls. So if you miss, you're not going to shoot through the walls and hit someone else with a 20 gauge shotgun. So right. this is a this is not a hunting shotgun. This is a defending it'd your be home like a, shotgun. It'd be like or like a it, you could say it could be or a, a bird bird it's shotgun. A bird gun. Okay. So so he goes with his friend to purchase the shotgun because he wouldn't be able to purchase it himself, right? Yeah. So it's in this Dylan Carlson guy's name, but it leaves with Kurt, and this is. This is like days before going to re- going to rehab, right? Right. So he gets a shotgun, and then the intervention happens. And they're pretty much saying they're going to break the band up if he doesn't check himself into rehab. Right. As part of the in- intervention, Courtney Love said she had threatened to leave Cobain. That was part of it, and break up, and uh, along with break up the band. Like you know, uh, they said they were going to break up the band if if Cobain didn't check into rehab. Right. So then so he, Dave yeah. Grohl was already Dave Grohl was like, hey, man, listen, I got a really cool idea for another band. So if you don't fucking <laughs> smarten up, I'm out of here, dude. I'm going to play all the instruments. Gonna yeah, they're going to let me classic. do more than play the fucking drums. So think, what about so think about this tangent time other than fucking Dave Grohl and with Nirvana and I don't know, like Phil Collins with Genesis. Is there anybody else that have done like gone from being a drummer in one band to being like the fucking you know what I mean? That head badass on another band. Like that's pretty ridiculous. That's a good. Ca- that's a good question. Right. Like how many other guys have gone from like, like those are two of the biggest bands in the world that he's, that he's been. Well, yeah, it'd be hard. It'd yeah. be hard pressed probably to find like a super famous band, but I'm sure there's tons of like smaller artists. Well, like, look stuff, at but. like Phil Collins, right? Drummed for Genesis. And then he ended up taking over for fuck, that's going to bother me now. Shock the monkey with Peter Gabriel mm. to go yeah. with Peter Gabriel, right? Yeah, that's right. Anyways, yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be hard pressed to find it. Not a, not a ton, not an easy swing to go from no drummer man. to to head. Anyways, so he he checks into rehab shortly after this, and then he seems to escape rehab and disappear. Scales a fucking wall like Spider Man's the fuck out of rehab. Six foot brick wall. <laughs> yeah, out of that's there. what they said. He jumped and then a little. He str- probably struggled a little bit, as much oh, as anyone I'd would. I'd love on to see foot. you hop a six foot wall. That would be fucking <laughs> buddy, great. Oh, in a single oh. bound, right? Oh over. yeah, right, dude. I could see you struggling your feet, just like scraping the side of the wall with your ass crack hanging out. Oh nah. man, it would be horrible. Nah, buddy, I'm right up fucking there, covered in sweat. Just <laughs> I slide right up, slide and then slide down the other side. Oh no, this fucking slither, eh? You have an easier time running through the wall. March 31st, he escapes rehab, and then there's numerous sightings of him in Seattle around April 2nd, and that's pretty much when he then disappears, and then yeah. 
he he's been reported miss he's reported missing essentially and that's where I, I feel like we can insert uh we we can't talk about this case and not talk about Tom Grant and this is perfect I think a perfect introduction for him Courtney Love hires a private investigator uh named Tom Grant to find Kurt Cobain yeah now this is this is after she impersonates Kurt's mom and places a missing persons report on him. Oh, that's right. Right? Like, how I, bizarre is that? Why? I forgot Where, that. Where's why? the payoff? And why not just do it herself? Like, your wife. What's, what's, like, I, that's what I don't understand. But I do, like, there are some theories behind that, which kind of makes sense, which we can get to later. But Well, why don't we talk about that right now? Like, why? I, I don't understand why I can't get past that. So what she does is when she calls in this report, she says, I'm, I'm Kurt Cobain's mother. My son is having suicidal ideations. He just purchased the shotgun and he's missing and I'm worried he's going to kill himself. Yeah. Right. So right there, she's planted the fact that this guy is out here with the plan to fucking murder himself. Yeah. And she's, she's just going on the prior events. She doesn't actually know. She's just speculating that he is she, is she going on prior events or is she I mean, fucking planting like a, a seed? week before he, she said that he had already claimed to kill himself. That well, exactly. She, yeah. But she's the only exactly, one. Claiming. But she's the one that's claiming this. No one else is claiming that fucking Kurt is trying to kill himself. It's been Courtney both times. Yeah. So she's incepting the seed into other I, people. I will say this. I will say this from. as a devil's advocate on this one. I was saying, it would be, I would say if it's anyone, it would be her because they're a husband and wife. But I mean, you know, so they're spending the majority of time together. She probably has some inner lookings into his life. Having said that, you know, there's all this rumor about them being on the rocks and being divorced. So it is, it is suspect to me. 100%. Well, it, or it, it, the, the, not only is that part of it fucking suspect, but the fact that she's fucking lying and impersonating somebody else. Yeah. How does it like the, the doesn't make any fucking sense. Now, is it? I wonder. She's if it's obviously just, trying to cover something up. I wonder if it's just because she's trying to. Maybe at that point, she's been the only one saying it, and she's like, "Okay, well, I want, I want to be this to be taken more seriously." So if it sounds like it's her mom, it's his mom, then it's coming from more than just me. More sources. I don't know though, because more right after this, right after this, she fucking leaks a fake story to the media that she's overdosed and in the hospital, mm -hmm. so in, in hopes that Kurt will fucking track her down. And talk to her like this is not a fucking healthy person or you know i've heard other things so she she calls in this fake overdose goes to the hospital um this turns out to be completely false falsified the weird thing is that this also in the timeline of when he dies this makes it to be a very nice alibi for her that's it like report like reported she is known she's at the hospital her whereabouts are known um, yeah, but she she admits to lying about it though. She admits to lying about it. So again, it's all but you know what the problem is with this case and why it's so weird is because we're dealing with someone who's in the thralls of addiction at this point. And so like to to like normal thinking logical people were like this doesn't logically make sense, but to someone who's like strung out on drugs and stuff, I'm You're sure whatever was happening here was May, had some rhyme or reason to it. Well, it, it, it's already a massive web of lies because when she fucking hires this Tom guy, why does she initially hire him? Because she claims someone has stolen his credit card. Yeah. Like that's the <laughs> initial claim. Yeah. Like, I, And now like uh, a lot of people say like Courtney love, like, yeah, she had a drug addiction problems, but 
a lot of people also speculate that her problems were not necessarily problems, more like she just that to give her that image. So she would do a little bit here and there, but she never actually would partake on the same level as like Kurt or others. Buddy, criminal mastermind. So like okay, you, so you, you fit in you fit in with you fit in a little bit by, you know, smoking a little bit here, smoking a little bit there. Well, fucking chasing a little dragon too. Like she's fucking. <laughs> I she's don't know, dude. Herself. I like I've I've seen interviews with her and I've seen her like before, and I'm like, this doesn't seem like a criminal mastermind to me. I'm just Buddy, saying. she. What else? What else did she do other than fucking uh, have a music career? What was her other thing that made her famous? Being with Kurt Cobain. No, she was a fucking actress, dude. I don't remember anything she's ever been in. <laughs> was Are she you in serious? Friends? Yeah, <laughs> Courtney Cox, right? <laughs> oh. So Tom Grant gets hired and he actually attends the residence with the best friend. What's the best friend's name again? Carlson? Dylan Carlson. And they search the residence. Yep. Right? And they search all the rooms and Well, we're jumping ahead. we're jumping we're jumping ahead here, right? Like so initially she hires this guy because she she says, "Okay, listen, we've, you know, somebody stolen our credit card and I want to get it tracked down." So he agrees to meet with her in person. So they sit down and have this meeting and they're like, no, no, this isn't the case. He has a credit card. I need you to fucking track his whereabouts because he's going fucking, he's, he's gone completely missing. Yeah. So then Tom Grant, what was his last name again? Tom Grant. Yeah, Tom Grant. Tom yep. Grant agrees to go to Seattle to track him down. And then that's where they get to the residence. So yeah. So they search every single room in the residence this is a day before his body's discovered in a room above the garage. And the best friend does like goes through. They don't, he doesn't show him the room above the garage. It's the one room they don't look in. Here's my question. Stupid question. I hopefully you guys have some insight on this. They keep referring to it as a fucking greenhouse. Now, is it just the color green or is it a real greenhouse? No, here's okay. So here is, Pictures from the Kurt Cobain death scene. This is the outside of the residence. They'll give you a little. So it's a, it's a house with a drive driveway driveway with the house on the right and a garage on the at the end of it with a small. You can see there's a small balcony above. Yeah. So an obvious door. So an obvious. So it's like a carriage house. Basically. Yeah. Like so a, like how you would miss that? Like how? Yeah. Like how would you not fucking? If you're going there to look in every room, you think when you drive up, you'd be like, all right, above the garage, there we go. Yeah, go to check there. Well, I, I can see why Dylan Carlson missed it. I get it. He's at this time, he's a fucking junkie. He's a, yeah, he's a junkie. But this, he's how much been of there a fucking so detective times. is this guy? <laughs> he's, that's what I'm saying, though. Even if he's a junkie, his buddy, like, unless, I mean, you could implicate him maybe in uh, some conspiracy, maybe then. But how many times has he been to his house and he doesn't, he forgets about the room? I guess. Right. I mean, I could say yeah, he's a junkie. Sure. But doesn't mean he doesn't have a memory at all. I don't know, man. Was it, was he on, so, was he, was he fucking whacked well, out of his mind when that he, Tom guy, that Tom guy says when they were searching the house, he fucking started stealing their roofies and shit like that. So, I mean, I, I get that part, but I was saying like, he's been there. He had to have been there multiple times before. Now, maybe the one thing I, on the one thing that people maybe say about he was this in is on it. Well, that maybe, but a lot of people say that, Oh, it was it was dark and it was rainy out when they went to the house. So they didn't really notice the garage, and I was like, it "Was like, mm. I don't know, <laughs> pitch black, blanket rain. I don't know." So, anyways, they don't find anything and they leave. Okay, well, I guess I guess it's in, if it's in it. I was gonna say because how long has he been dead now? If we you know, is it like five well, we, days? Well, at that point, he, they don't he know. He died on the fifth. 
And they found him on the 8th. Yeah. So this was the 7th. What kind of smells are we talking about here? No, you're not smelling it. Not not, not yet. You're not in yet. a completely separate fucking part of the house. You're not uh, smelling yeah. anything. All right. Not, but okay. um, the one thing that they did, though, that they did really thorough search of the house, not just for him. They wanted to find the shotgun because they were worried that he might harm himself. So they wanted to see if they could find the shotgun and get rid of it. And that's why they were overturning fucking beds and looking under pillows and that type of shit. Right. Now, to paint the picture more, so Tom Grant actually recorded many of his many of the conversations he had with Courtney before and after the body was found. So there's some it's, the way she talks about him. This is why a lot of people this is why the conspiracy kind of starts to take hold, because the way she kind of talks about her late husband before they actually know she's dead. It's, she keeps like painting herself as the victim already. Like she already is like planting the seed that he's dead, even though he hasn't been found dead. So there's stuff like this. I'd been making videos and doing the L.A. thing and the New York cameras, and meanwhile he'd been playing, like, Slavonia, right? Yeah. And he got real depressed, and he wrote basically a suicide note. There's no real other way. He claims it was, he was leaving me. So in that one, he, so this is, a, this is another note that just comes out after that. He actually wrote her a note, or he had a note that he wrote in Rome, and it was a divorce note he claims but she claims it was a suicide note so another in, uh, instance of her claiming suicide so why yeah. why the conspiracy starts to take hold yet with, he with was Tom on Grant. record with rolling stone saying he was planning on fucking divorcing her yep preeminent divorce and tom grant even goes farther in saying that like yeah, he the divorce papers were in the works, but hadn't been finalized yet before he was killed. We, well, I will say this right now: it's a bad look when you hire a private investigator, and how how long is this? Twenty five years later, he's still actively saying that the person who hired him killed or had part in the killing of Kurt Cobain. Like, still to this day, there's a there's a website he has, CobainCase.com, where he basically lays out all his investigation. He's like, right away, I suspected her. She's, something's up with her and something didn't add up for well, him. Especially when she's coming forth with like post-mortem fucking uh, suicide notes and shit like that. When he, she's like, oh yeah, this was under my pillow, my bed. And he's like, nah, we flipped your fucking bed and looked under your pillows. There was no note there. Yep. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that. And then she also says something like this. I don't know. My record's coming out in like a week. Yeah. So, you know, and I've learned the value of this. I didn't think it when it first happened, but all publicity is good publicity to a certain degree. Unless yeah. you're Michael Jackson. Fuck. She, she kind of laughs at the end. It's like all publicity is good publicity. And then Grant's like, at the time, he just kind of laughed. And then later after he, like the body was found, he's like, she keeps mentioning like our album's coming out, like good publicity. Like, hmm. And she like, fucked up, man. And we're, we'll get to it more, but. At the scene, actually, let's not get there yet. Let's not talk about the scene yeah. yet. Okay, so where are we now? We're we're searched the house, didn't find anything. So he's yeah, he's yeah. having he's having these conversations with her, and she kind he's she keeps at the time he didn't really think much of it, but she keeps like making all these like statements like oh yeah, good good publicity like it's all you know it's it'll be this will be good for me like all this stuff and he didn't put it together until after the body was found. Well, apparently Kurt Cobain had called her from rehab at least once and he had made a statement at least saying, you know, it was a little bit strange at the time, but he was saying, whatever happens, I want you to know that you made a really good album. 
According to her. Like that, that, who the fuck says that? That's so weird. Yeah, there is no trans, there, again, there is no transcript to that. That's a weird thing that she said. You're right. Exactly. Again, she's pumping her fucking album. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you know what? I might not be here tomorrow, but as long as you know, your album's fucking sick. Yeah. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. That doesn't even make sense. When I read that before, I didn't even think of anything of it. But now that we're talking about it, like in sequence of that, I'm like, that's a really fucking weird thing for her to have said. He said, especially when she's going to the private eye and be like, yeah, this is, you know, you know, any, this is terrible, but it's, I got an album coming out. This could be good. Who knows? Anyways, did when he died, he called me actually before. And he said, my album, like one of the last things he said to me, is like, well, you know, whatever happens, happens. uh, And uh, your album's off the charts. Like, it's so good. And buy, then so buy it now. <laughs> so we have all this weird shit going on, these inconsistencies with with Courtney. And then, you know what I mean? They don't find anything in the in the fucking in the house. So then the next day, Kurt had hired a electrical contractor to come by his house to install some security uh lighting and motion motion detectors, right? Which already kind of plays into that thing where, you know, right before he went to rehab, he was purchasing a shotgun for you know for home defense now he's installing these security devices it makes you kind of think that maybe kurt felt like somebody was you know after him i know paranoia is a very common thing within the you know the drug community yep but you know what i mean he could very well have thought maybe somebody's after coming after him you know what i mean like he's obviously hiding from somebody he randomly skips out of fucking rehab doesn't tell anybody and fucks off and people are hiring private investigators to track him down. He doesn't want to be found and he's purchasing fucking things for home protection. Makes you wonder. It does. And like the last thing I'm going to play from his recordings is this one here. My other concern too, and, and you're in a better position to judge this than I am, but you know, could this cause a problem later on down the road if something ever does seriously go wrong or something happened to you and he thinks it's a trick again, you know? Well, I'd still tell him it's together. It's like one of those things, one hand washes the other. Oh, you don't think he would ever find out that you never really were in the hospital? No. No one will tell him. I mean, the people that, so unethical, but the people that I had do this, I paid. People I had do this, I paid. Yeah, dude. Like, it just doesn't, it's not a good look. Like, I see why people point the finger at it, because, like, yeah. It's it's not a good. This is not like even just listening to this stuff and how she's talking. What the things she's saying, like she's paying people to orchestrate, you know, this fucking overdose and her in the hospital and stuff. She's painting not a good look. She's painting it like she already knows he's going to die, or he's or she's already like talking like he's already dead. Like, oh, this might help me sell records, and you're like, well, and we already like like we already know how her mind is starting to work. She's paying the right people and fabricating these events. To work in her favor, manipulating situations, right? Like, I think she's a little bit smarter than most people give her credit for. The other thing that I had read is that after she finds out from Tom Grant that they searched the house, didn't find the shotgun or anything, she calls in emergency request to the security company to make sure there's someone to go in and install the security cameras and motion textures that Kurt wanted. And this electrician the next day is who finds the body in the, in the, in the in, green room above the garage, which they didn't check on the initial search with yeah. the fucking candlestick. And it was fucking <laughs> professor plum. 
Well, th- that's that's such a weird thing to me. I'm like, so you get a call saying like, hey, yeah, we searched the house, couldn't find the shotgun. I was there with Car- Carlson. She's like, you didn't find anything? He's like, no, we didn't find anything. And then the next thing she does is call the security company and be like, hey, like you guys got to get there tomorrow and put in all this stuff. And then this is the person that finds the body. And that's not even the weirdest thing that happens in this situation. What does the guy, what's the first thing the guy does when he finds the fucking body? Calls a fucking radio station. I know. And is quoted saying, you guys are going to owe me the best Pink Floyd tickets you have because I have the scoop of a fucking century for you. Call the radio station I just station found first. Kurt Cobain's body. And they have him recorded saying that. That's fucking trash, buddy. I hope that guy never Dude. got to any Pink Floyd concerts. <laughs> he probably didn't. Fuck no. I hope he got Nickelback tickets, <laughs> dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> were they even a, were they a band in 94? They're probably, probably just starting. <laughs> this guy's like, I won tickets to this band you guys have never heard of probably in the yet. future. But Nickelback. Okay, so. <laughs> finds the body. He finds Kurt Cobain's body. So he's died from a shotgun blast. Later, we know that he also has in his system three lethal doses of heroin, at least. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's talk about that. That's the thing. Like, so seasoned addicts, you know what I mean, can usually get around the, the 100 milligram. 100 milligram dose is usually lethal for them. That that's that's fucking pushing it. That's enough yep. to fucking in, in one go. 100 milligrams will do you in. Done. So we have 300 milligrams on board, right? So you're you're not you're injecting that with purpose. Not only that. Now I've I've heard on a, a few different fucking articles that I've read that he actually had two rigs and two sets of track marks on both arms which is super peculiar to me as well. So like one, you don't, and then switch to the other. Exactly. So here's the thing, like we'll get into this. I don't know if you want to get into it now or later. So not only did he, so you know what I mean? Let's go. He does 101 arm or 151 arm, 150 in the other arm within fucking seconds with that dose of fucking heroin you are not going to have the motor skills or the faculties to fucking set up your rig and take another fucking bump in the other arm, let alone pull out a fucking 20 gauge shotgun and blow your fucking head off. Well, it's even crazier than that because he packed up, he packed up all the drug paraphernalia back into a little box, into a cigar box, put it nicely down, then got the shotgun, put it in his mouth and like shot himself. If we could pull up videos, there's, there's a thing we call it. Like when, even when people are pre-overdose, like they're they're on the border of, of overdosing, we call it, they're on the nod, which means they keep nodding off, right? And you have to keep rousing them, rousing right. them, because if if they don't, they go down and they'll go into, you know, a rep, respiratory arrest, which is usually what kills you when you have an opioid-related overdose. But so with that, at the very least, at the fucking very least, he would have been on the nod and you would not have been able to fucking pull out a shotgun, tuck it down your fucking throat and pull the trigger. Not so a- we got three times a dose of a, like a lethal dose for an addict, like a high use addict. And, and they found fucking diazepam in his system as well. A fucking benzo, which is a sedative. 
Was that be injected as well, or is that no? Taken? That that well, it could it, it can be, but the more likely cause, like what I'm assuming is, is he was probably prescribed it from a physician due to some type of anxiety, or you, you know right, what they right, probably right. gave him to, diazepam to come off of heroin. Okay, so he's got two track marks. He's shot 300 milligrams. He the story goes, he manages to grab the shotgun, pull the trigger. A lot of people say like, oh, how would it be? Able, how would you be able to pull the trigger on a shotgun? I, I think it would be easy. Physics. If, if, yeah. Well, just, people are like, oh, people are like, oh, because didn't he end up on his on his stomach too? Um, no, I, I think he was on his back. Was he on his back? Because that's I how the people, guy reported seeing him clutching the shotgun with it on his chest. Well, I can I I remember there was something I read about the there was some issue with people had with him shooting himself uh, in that manner. Yeah, like, because the, something to do with the shell casing was on the wrong side. Yeah, the, something like when that. When he I shot, the shell casing ejected, and then it, it's on the wrong side of the room. But if it could easily hit something and bounce, yeah, like I, yeah, I couldn't find. Go. Yeah, like that. I didn't find anything definitive on that, but it just like you know what I mean. Like, so we're hearing all this stuff that he's been suicidal for I don't know how long. He's had these suicidal ideations. He's been planning this out planning this out he's wanted to kill himself if this was planned like like courtney's insinuating that this is this is a guy on the edge that's obviously wanting to take his own life why would you buy the most inconvenient fucking tool to do it on the planet it just doesn't make sense the 20 gauge shotgun yeah well fucking hard that would be it's your other guns have been confiscated right so maybe this is the last one he had no, yeah, when there have been a waiting period for a handgun, they too? went. They went and purchased something. You have to ask what the restrictions are in Washington at the it's, time for buying like a handgun or any type yeah, of. Yeah, if like, you're gonna walk in there with your best friend and be like, "Hey, dude, just get me a gun," it's gonna be way easier to get a yeah, twenty yeah. gauge shotgun than a handgun. Is it? I don't. Know. I thought. I thought in the states you could just go to Seven Eleven and get whatever fucking gun you wanted. <laughs> yeah, you get a you get a tall boy. <laughs> We're getting there. A t- <laughs> tall boy and a and a pistol. That's no. probably like te- that's only like probably like like that's Texas freedom, or baby. That's freedom. <laughs> So we already have we already have a lethal fucking amount of opioid in this system, and then we have a fucking shotgun shell that. Uh, and then the other thing that's difficult too is some of the some of the reports say there was no exit wound. Well, it's birdshot, man. Like I yeah, mean, might not that would just through. honestly, honestly ricochet. That would probably if you Oof. that would just bounce around inside your head. I don't yeah, think it would punch. I don't gruesome. think it would punch a hole through your through your head at all. Fucking I, brain I, blender. So also conveniently, there is a suicide note. But before we get to the suicide note, let's take a quick beer break. All right. So we got the suicide note too. So at the scene, they find a suicide note. Zelda, you got a copy of the suicide note? You want to read it out? Okay. It's a little bit long. So we'll, 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 we'll see what we can do here. So there's a suicide note written beside, and it seems we'll get to that at the end, but there might be a little bit of suspect with the note. So the note reads... To Boda? Yeah. Speaking from the tongue of an experienced simpleton who obviously would rather be an emasculated infantile complainee, this note should be pretty easy to understand. All the warnings from the Punk Rock 101 courses over the years, since my first introduction to the, shall we say, ethics involved with independence and the embracement of your community, has been proven to be very true. I haven't felt the excitement of listening to as well as creating music along with reading and writing for too many years now. I feel guilty beyond words about these things. For example, when we're backstage and the lights go out 
and the manic roar of the crowd begins, it doesn't affect me the way it doesn't affect me in which it did for Freddie Mercury, who seemed to love relish in the love and adoration from the crowd, which is something I totally admire and envy. The fact is, I can't fool you, any one of you. It simply isn't fair to you or me. The worst crime I can think of would be to rip people off by faking it and pretending as if I'm having 100% fun. Sometimes I feel as if I should have a punch-in time clock before I walk out on stage. I've tried everything within my power to appreciate it, and I do. God believe me, I do, but it's not enough. I appreciate the fact that I and we have affected and entertained to a lot of people and must be one of those narcissists who only appreciate things when they're gone. I'm too sensitive. I need to be slightly numb in order to regain the enthusiasms I once had as a child. On our last three tours, I've had a much better pre appreciation for all the people I've known personally and as fans of our music, but I still can't get over the frustration, the guilt, and the empathy I have for everyone. There's good in all of us, I think. I simply love people too much, so much that it makes me feel too fucking sad. The sad little sensitive, unappreciative Pisces, Jesus, man. Why don't you just enjoy it? I don't know. I have a goddess of a wife who sweats ambition and empathy and a daughter who reminds me too much of what I used to be, full of love and joy, kissing every person she meets because everyone is good and will do her no harm. And that terrifies me. To the point where I can barely function, I can't stand the thought of Francis becoming the miserable, self-destructive death rocker that I've become. I have it good, very good, and I'm grateful. But since the age of seven, I've become hateful towards all humans in general, only because it seems so easy for people to get along that have empathy. Only because I love and feel sorry for people too much, I guess. Thank you all from the pit of my burning, nauseous stomach for all your letters and concern during the past years. I'm too much of an erratic, moody baby. I don't have the passion anymore, and so remember, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Peace, love, empathy, Kurt Cobain. And below that, Francis and Courtney, I'll be at your altar. Please keep going, Courtney, for Francis, for her life, which will be so much happier without me. I love you. I love you. That's the full, the full letter. And then if you look a little close, I got a, I got a copy of it here if you're watching the live stream. Put it up. We also need to comment on the fact that he quoted an absolute Canadian legend. Better to burn out or to fade then away. Fade away. So, um, you can, so, you can so as you read, it's pretty, it's pretty chicken scratch. And then as you get to the bottom, the lines for... It, 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 comp it looks completely different to me. Like just out of at a glance, I look and I go, "This looks like completely different, like written at a different, different time by a different person." That's what it looks but like not, to me. Like not only that though, like it totally strays from the theme of the entire fucking letter. When when you read the first initial part of that letter, it doesn't sound like it's a suicide note. It's got no mention of how much he fucking loves and cares about his family, anything like that. How much you know the guy was supposedly obsessed with his daughter. It sounds like a retirement fucking letter. It sounds That's like a, a guy. Wait, didn't he just say how like he sees in his daughter what he used to be? Like Yeah, but that you know what I mean? End, like yeah. if you're this this is his suicide letter and he has fucking like three fucking lines for his daughter. It's nothing yeah, it's it seems the it, last paragraph especially you know what said, I mean? like what, what it's his suicide note he's writing a suicide note to his fans about how he fell out of love with music 
You know what I mean? Like that, if, if, you know what I mean? Like that to me sounds super, extremely superficial and fucking lame. I mean, if, well, he did say that he is a narcissist and he did say that he is a whiny baby. Well, to me personally, it sounds like a fucking retirement letter and more than a fucking suicide note by far. Sounds like a guy that's uh, taking I mean, a it step definitely away from looks music. Like, if you look at it, I mean, you, you see that he went back and it seems he crossed some stuff out, uh, made some changes. Made but here's the like thing. That. Maybe it was a rough draft. We knew, we knew he was looking at backing out. We knew he was, they were trying to sign him to head whatever it was, Lollapalooza oh. or whatever. Well, right? yeah, that, that was a big thing. Like he had a $9.5 million fucking offer to headline the Lollapalooza tour. Yeah, it's crazy. Which and, he and fucking turned down, which pissed off all his bandmates and most of all fucking Courtney. So when you when you read this and you read it knowing that like he wasn't passionate about the music and he wanted out, he didn't want to do this tour, it it does to me read like uh like a retirement letter. Like he's just like I'm not into it. Like that's that's what it reads to me. Now I want to get into really quickly that Immediately after this, the police, they find suicide note and they go like, well, our work here is done. Case suicide. Closed. Case well, closed. Easy. A fucking junkie killed himself. Big fucking deal. And Case closed. So Big deal. Right away, Tom Grant, he is like, this doesn't seem to be, nothing seems to be adding up with how Courtney has been talking, like dealing with me, this whole thing. I was just at the house. We didn't like nothing. Something stinks. And even Courtney's own lawyer, um, Rosemary Carroll, yep. the one thing about this note, because lots of people think that the bottom half of that note where it takes, the, it looks like the font changes, isn't written by Kurt. Before Courtney Love went to LA, it's alleged that she left a backpack at Rosemary Carroll's house. Uh, Rosemary Carroll was her entertainment lawyer, and she actually reached out to Tom Grant, says Tom Grant, uh, Rosemary Carroll basically doesn't agree with any of this, but he says that she told him that she left the backpack and inside this backpack after a couple of days, Rosemary Carroll peeked in and there was two notes in the backpack that caused her some concern. One of the notes said, get arrested. And the second of which notes was just a sheet of what looked to be handwriting practice, different letters, different numbers, just sequences of these letters practiced over and over and over and over and over yeah, um here here's a quick a quick uh, voice recording of something she said that is kind of suspicious as well maybe tonight if you could come over again yeah that's fine stuff i want to show you yeah okay um i don't know i i just did some stuff I, that was you know was left at my house yeah. that i never thought to really look at yeah to look at it all quite honestly until last night uh-huh um and i guess i are they Kurt's writings? No, her. Oh, okay. So that's that's so, the audio recording of that same thing of her calling and be like, "This looks suspicious. This is in her back. Like, this is here. I want you to come have a look at this." So she never in the recording says what's in it, but Tom Grant says that this is what's in, it. and he released the pictures of the get arrested note and the note allegedly containing the handwriting samples. Uh, and if you go on, I mean, I hate to send people to YouTube, but on YouTube, some people have taken the letter and have taken the letters that are being practiced in the in the note found in Courtney Love's backpack, and they've taken all the letters and they've written out the note on the bottom portion of Kurt Cobain's suicide note. And it's, 
identical. Like it's it's an identical look. And I'm I'm not saying that's any proof of any crime or anything, but I'm saying it's very suspicious. Now the other thing is is Rosemary Carroll denies all of this. But even though Tom Grant is publicly saying like, "Hey, nope, she said all this." Rosemary Carroll could sue him for libel or slander. And she doesn't. And the reason Tom Grant says she doesn't do this is because if she sues him, they have to have a a disposition. And then all this gets brought in front of a court. Like all of this evidence. And and this Rosemary Carroll lady, she wasn't just Courtney's lawyer. She was a close family friend of theirs. Like she was Francis's godmother. Yeah. Right. And not only that, prior to, to Kurt killing himself, Courtney approached her saying... I need the most vicious, meanest divorce lawyer you have possible because I'm going after Kurt for everything he has and is stated that she wanted to fucking find a loophole to get out of the prenuptial agreement that they had. When they signed the prenup originally before they got married, Courtney thought she was going to be the superstar. She was going to have all the money and she didn't want to, she didn't want him to have access to her fortune. Turns out once Nevermind released... It tables turn drastically. I mean, she had somewhat of a lucrative oh, career. Still sick, like whole, still very successful. Whole was never, whole was never my fucking jam. No. I'll be honest with you. I never really got into it. Her self-titled stuff. She had maybe one really one good single, but you know what I mean. Like she was good in Man in the Moon. I liked her in fucking Sid and Nancy. Like she's a decent actress. Well, she's definitely like she has talent of her own, and she would have been fine without, like, without Kurt and like in the first place, but it just seems she that at all, like just hypothetically, if Kurt say he, he never committed suicide or he never died or was never murdered, whoever the outcome is, he quit the band. Nirvana goes away. That's it. Like people make way more money. If when people like when a famous artist dies, sales spike and they're much more valuable, like dead than they were to, if they retired. But he's an, another member of the 27 Club. Yep. Like, how, yeah, how much more infamous can you get? But there's so much more to this, too, right? Like, what else did they find? Like, there, there are reports of when they, you know what I mean, when they went through the greenhouse or wherever they found them, they found two American Airlines plane tickets. Yeah, I read that, too, but I couldn't, I didn't find much more about it. Where were they I going to? I didn't find Tom? anything they, substantiating that, either. They, 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 there was a the book written by those two Canadians. I forget the name of the book. I'll have to look it back up, but they're, they're the ones that are substantiating that he actually had another girlfriend, which potentially was another band member of hole, the bass player, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit. Kristen, later, but was it Paff or Kristen Faff? Faff, yeah. Faff Kristen Faff, who, who also died of an heroin overdose. Not that long after two months later, two months after. All right. We also what's the what's the other guy too that he came out and he said that Courtney offered him fifty thousand dollars. El Dolce. El Dolce. El Dolce. Uh, he claims a guitar player for the Mentors, which yeah. was a fucking like real hardcore punk band. They had a song called Donkey Dick. And uh <laughs> Sex Sandwich, um, Golden Showers and something something else fucking pretty bizarre. But, but so, a member of Hole actually dated the lead singer of that band, and El, du- El Dolce was the guitarist, and that's how Courtney supposedly had a relationship with this guy. She knew. So him. obviously, obviously, he was brought in for questioning, making a claim like that, right? No, because he committed suicide. Whatever There's no further, that. no further investigation. 
Well, I don't know if he necessarily committed suicide. They said that he just, after a gig, he got intoxicated and I'm assuming fall, fell asleep on some railroad tracks and got decapitated mm-hmm. by a train. That's after he was viewed by someone and stated that Courtney Love offered him $50,000 to blow her old man's head off. No big deal. Now, and I'm I'm just saying like this is this is one of those ones where I'm like man okay well that's weird and people are like well you know this El Dolce guy he had a history of alcohol abuse and stuff I'm like but that's the easiest that's the easiest tell like well he was just another drunk guy that's just like saying Kurt Cobain like, he's just another hair a junkie who committed suicide like overdose whatever you know, tale as old as time don't look at it too deeply please. Like that, to me, that's what it feels like. I'm like, this guy says like a ludicrous thing like this. And I, I guess he was known for saying outlandish things, but then he dies so quickly after making that statement. And then especially now we know with uh, Jeffrey Epstein stuff and Courtney Love popping up in Jeffrey Epstein's black books and stuff like that. I'm like, she, she you know, she was well connected in, in, in circles. Well, and entertain- in famous entertainment circles. for sure. In, have you guys, have you got, did you guys hear at all about his, that, that infamous credit card that she initially reported was stolen to Tom uh, Grant? So it was no, not, what about it was it? not found in the wallet of Kobe. So it was not found on his person when they found him deceased. And for, you know, the few days leading up to his death, there was these attempts at withdrawing cash, like large sums of cash, five grand, $2,500, $1,500 from his credit card that were all declined. And then early that morning on the 5th, which is the day that he died, there was a purchase made for $43.29 for some fucking flowers. So the two, because it was like, it was before he was dead was the charges or the attempted charges. And then on the day he died, it was for flowers. Yeah. Early that morning, the day that he died. That's a tough one because I'm like, that's a tough one for me to sell. And that's some nefarious thing. Cause I'm, I'm also thinking like, he was a drug addict and he had a lot of drug addict friends. And if one of his drug addict friends got a hold of his credit card, like he's trying to get cash, right? Trying to get cash. But why Why the flowers? Courtney reported stolen. Well, because Mm, how would she know? How would she know it was stolen? She, so like the thing, the whole story with her saying, Hey, I need you to track him down. I don't know where he is, is fucking bullshit to begin with because he called her from fucking Seattle and told her where he was and gave her his fucking phone number. So she hires Grant to, hires Grant, tells her, track the credit card. That's how you're going to find him. But she possibly already knew he was in Seattle. he was in Seattle. Sends Grant up there. All this stuff happens. Grant goes to the house. Doesn't find they him. Don't f- the day after, and they, they were f- supposed. The I think they, I think Tom Grant was supposed to find him. Maybe I think so too. Right? Because I think I think that falls nicer into a timeline of like, oh, I hired a private investigator because I was so worried. Um, I was just I had a know, bad feeling. And he found I had a bad feeling. He found him. So when he goes, no, we didn't find anything, and she's like, fuck. So then she makes this emergency phone call to uh, the security company to be like, I need you there ASAP. To hook this stuff up. Yeah, we've been waiting for a week. We want it done tomorrow. Like right Have now. Yeah, listened, let's do it. Did you, did you guys hear the interviews with her fucking own father? Uh, no. But why, if she wanted him dead, did it matter when they found the body? 
it probably didn't matter. Just in her mind, that's how they like found how the it wanted it to happen. Like he wanted Grant to find it as the private investigator and makes sense, right? It, like it she, makes she's trying to find him healthy. Story. The guy yeah. that she's paying to track him down finds him because she's so worried. I mean, about yeah, him. that's why you hire a private investigator to find somebody. Well, exactly. That's why she did it. Right. <laughs> she's she, what do you mean? She I don't, said I don't, she I don't see what's like funny. that's why you hire. I'm not saying I'm saying she might have hired him for not nefarious reasons. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe. Yeah, but so Grant himself claims he's not he's not investigating a like a murder theory. He's investigating a possible conspiracy of murder. Multiple people in on it. Dan, Dan, if there was somehow a link to fucking Bigfoot killing Kurt Cobain, you would be all over this. You'd be like, hundred <laughs> percent. That makes sense to me. That, that that makes perfect sense. There was rocks. There was bushes. It was there Seattle, was Seattle, Washington, Pacific Northwest. You exactly. Don't know. It could have been Bigfoot. Buddy, you got to open your mind, man. Nobody's saying the Simpsons predicted this, okay? Open your mind to this. This could have fucking happened. Look, I'm saying that they visited the Vatican, and we all know that the Vatican and the Illuminati are pretty much the same thing. He didn't die in Rome. He was replaced by a body double. The body double was going to go public. They had to kill him. Illuminati hitman. And then Kurt Cobain wrote lyrics for Soundgarden and Alice in Chains. So wait, body double and then came back and killed the body double? Well, they had to kill the body double because they wanted to pin the death on Courtney Love because Sarah Jean Silver, who is the manager for Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, had a very rocky relationship with... Courtney Love. Courtney Love thought that Sarah Jean Silver was the one who leaked details about her uh, continuing drug news while she was pregnant. And that was a real big thing. Like she had a, like a fucking anxiety breakdown about that was a really big thing because she had made the claim that she had gotten clean while she was completely clean while she was pregnant or before you know when they found out she was pregnant she got clean and then like towards the end of the pregnancy vanity fair printed an article about her actually using drugs while she was pregnant she thought it was sarah jean silver um who had contact with uh danny goldman the manager of nirvana who basically called her and told her, like, you need to stop talking to everybody about this. And then what happened like to the it. body double? Body double's dead. So how do you write all the songs? No, the body double's dead, but Kurt Cobain is still alive. Oh, I see. So they, they replaced so he's, him. He's hanging out with uh, Elvis and Tupac mm. writing songs still. Yeah. Yeah. I okay, hear you. That makes sense. I, I can buy that. He, did, he didn't want the fame. He wanted the music. So, so now he's still writing music. And he doesn't have the fame. So, you know, you know, win, win. I've got one last thing to summarize this. Okay. Well, a few, it. a few things. All right. Let's hear it. You guys ready? Yep. You know what I mean? 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 I know what you mean. Yeah. So I know, yeah, what, you mean. I, I know what you mean. Perfect. I think I know what so you if mean. You're ta- if you're taking shots for every time, you're fucking I hope so. Now. I fucking hope so. <laughs> That'd have been about 97 <laughs> shots. <laughs> you're now dead. <laughs> See the, the here's the hard thing for me. Here's my here's my final thoughts on the thing on the murder. It looks bad. Like this whole thing when you read it to me it, like it looks bad, but I just can't when I'm like looking for a hard motive for Courtney Love to kill Kurt Cobain, I can't find it because people are like, "Well, she wanted the money." I was like, "Well, she was in a pretty successful band and had a 
like Ooh, no, decent no, no, no. Not even close there, to no, Nirvana. No, no, no. We're though. talking. We're talking like fucking. What was it? They were saying he was worth fucking somewhere near like four hundred million dollars. She was offered a hundred grand to play at Lollapalooza, and he was offered what? Nine point five million. You, this is fucking. That's big money. No, no, no. That that right there is all the incentive you need. She's worth not even a fraction of what he was worth. What if? Okay, take the theory farther. What if? Uh, so Courtney Love find out she's going to get divorced. They have the prenup, so she's not going to get very much. Much and zero. Then, and then the industry execs, the the industry itself, who makes tons of money off this band, this would be their biggest money maker, finds out too. Now we got some deep, dark Illuminati and entertainment conspiracy having he, this all take place to get rid of him because he's worth way more dead than alive, especially if he's quitting the band and divorcing his wife and all the rest. Courtney knew he was signing those papers. He was signing those papers. And he was fucking hopping on a plane to Aruba with fucking Kristen Pfaff. And that was it. You would have some, I like that because you'd have some, a lot of the statements now, when you look at it, imagine some, her sitting with some like music mogul being like, listen, we can spin this. This could be good for you. Right? Like, don't worry about it. Like this, like if something were to happen, this could be good for you. And then that's what she's reiterating to Tom Grant in those audio clips, right? Is stuff that people have told her. Right, so she's it just, just, it just comes, Yeah, it just comes out before like the body's found. It just kind of comes out, and Tom Grant's like, "Hmm, interesting. Why would a like a a wife who's looking for her a possible her her husband who possibly may have harmed himself is talking about her career and how it's going to benefit her and any publicity is good publicity and all the rest." And why why were they in such a hurry to wrap this up? Why didn't they bring in detectives to fucking investigate this? Why won't they reopen it? It's because you know the, I mean? the CIA was involved. That's why. Well, because Bigfoot was involved. No, dude, the CIA killed Kurt Cobain because of his anti-establishment political views. Kurt Cobain oh, endorsed Pro. Kurt Cobain endorsed Bill Clinton. They were worried that he was going to stage an uprising against the whatever of, and then it, uh, Clinton was running against Bush, who was the head of one time the head of the CIA. CIA, therefore, <sighs> is part of the Illuminati, controlling like controlling the workings of maybe the entertainment industry got rid of him you just said clinton dan just uh, checked in i can see what? the look in his eyes clinton. he's ready to go <laughs> man's a hell of a politician i like dan's theory he 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 got switched with a cia body double in rome this cia body double was going to drop out of Lollapalooza, going to stop doing the music so um he wouldn't keep up with this anti-establishment uh, movement that he was doing. The real Kurt Cobain comes back. The fake Co Kurt Cobain has to fucking escape rehab ASAP before the Kurt Cobain that's in Seattle gets seen. So he, he dips over the wall, shaves his head, goes, kills real Kurt Cobain. They end it because they're like, you know what? This is too much trouble. He's not following the plan. I want to see this movie. Yeah. All I'm saying, that's a good fucking movie. listen to the lyrics of Black Hole Sun. Steal the warm wind, tired friend. Times are gone for honest men and sometimes far too long for snakes. In my shoes, a walking sleep and my youth, I pray to keep heaven sent hell away. No one sings like you anymore. Snakes, reptilians. <laughs> oh, count it. Shit. Did, did Kurt Cobain write that? What? Boy? Yes, because the Kurt Cobain, that's, that's the, the body double. Ready. That's the, 
No, no, no. no that's the body a real. Bill. Kurt Cobain actually wrote that. Oh, Chris Cornell he? says he wrote that in 15 minutes. I don't believe that. Uh, and I then see. Chris Cornell also suicide. Was he a ghostwriter on that song? He means, yeah, because they thought he was dead, but he's not. Okay. Okay. okay well, uh, final thoughts. What do you guys think? Okay. Well, Zell? here it is. Here it is. He had three times the le- lethal dose of a, a like a high use addict. Two different injections. Still managed somehow to get grab the shotgun and shoot himself. It doesn't. It, that 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 part for me doesn't make sense. No. He, so he shoots himself up twice. No, three times. Twice. Three times the twice. lethal dose. Well, twice with twice with drugs and once with a gun. Okay, so twice like three with drugs. Three times. Yeah. Then he packs up the drugs in a nice cigar box, slides them away, then turns the gun on himself before dying. A friend did it with him. A, a fellow, a person who he uses with on a regular basis. Kurt used first, went down, but he fills up another syringe. Jabs it in his other fucking ACF, darts him, fucking packs everything up, grabs a shotgun, wraps his hands around it, pulls a trigger. Sayonara. Again, uh, you know what? That's an interesting point because there was no fingerprints of any kind found on the gun or the suicide. Not even Kurtz. Not even Kurtz. Well, Well, they said that there are fingerprints. They were just unusable. Well, Grant said because they identified it as a suicide so quick, they didn't actually dust the gun and stuff for like 30 days after. So the prints were degraded and they couldn't actually tell anything. So that, that just GFK right there, it says like, when, when they told Grant, like, we know a suicide when we see a suicide. And he was like, okay. And then after he started looking into it, that's what he didn't go in with the intention of like, he just wanted to find Kurt. And that was the end he, of his job. This is a guy, this is a guy who was hired by Courtney Love to do a job. And then he, while doing the job has gone like, Hey, I'm noticing I got hired to do this job, but I'm noticing some red flags from the person who hired me to do this. Yeah. Like. Does anyone not care? Like, I can't imagine being in his shoes and like being like, no one cares. Like no one. I'm pretty sure this lady was involved in this guy's death and no one cares. And he still to this day is trying to. Well, I think he's bring voice. attention to it. Well, he hasn't done much since like, what was it? When that movie come out, uh, soaked in bleach. When was that? 2014. Yeah, God, it was yeah, so that bad. was about the 25th anniversary. Oh, God awful. I didn't watch it. Terrible. But- Oh, it was god awful. Those reenactments are worse than those fucking heritage moments. Yeah. And those, com- <laughs> those were so bad. Anyways, the f- the final <laughs> thing about the case is, I mean, there was no evidence to turn the ruling aside. So, I, I'm not saying that there's no <laughs> no con- with anything like this evidence. because it's a famous because it's so famous and because it was such a high profile case. You have so much information coming out of the woodwork that you have to it takes a while to sort through what is what is made up what is reported what actually happened you know who's making up what uh whose motives are where um but we're also working off incomplete information because the investigation like a lot of those materials are still you know under lock and key they they can't release all of the details of the investigation so we don't know if they interviewed other people if they interviewed people that he was known to use with and if they established alibis well, for these people or things like that we're we're just working off incomplete information and then you can kind of fill in the blanks with whatever you want it's see the other thing is Courtney Love's lawyer uh Rosemary Carroll she she has always denied you know giving notes or having any of that stuff to um, Tom Grant, but you know, that could be twofold. It could be her protecting, uh, Courtney love 
and being involved in this or protecting herself because if she was giving this information, like privileged information, she was breaking attorney client privilege. So she would be disbarred as a lawyer. Mm. Right. Yeah, so even if the, even if those notes were not even anything, yeah. like if those notes had nothing to do with the death itself, because Courtney was known to have been in the practice of forging signatures to get uh, prescription pills. So yeah, I forgot you know, about that. She fucking, she, yeah, she had, Just she had taken, man. she had taken like a few, like earlier that week or that month, she had actually taken like a notepad from her like personal doctor in order to, you know, with the probably the if she of forging got her hands on prescriptions. Diazepam. Oh, is diazepam or Valium? I heard Valium. Diazepam is Valium. Is Valium? Okay, that's yeah. just the generic name for it. Okay. Um, another thing, though, to throw in the mix is the fact that every single person close to Kurt, as in friends, like close, close friends, bandmates, family members, all believe that he killed himself. Yeah. All his, his didn't his mom and like his parents like they said that he battled with depression like he's been depressed yeah. he grew up in a pretty shitty town like but he, that's, that's he the grew thing. Like, up dude, your typical antisocial kid like it, I'm impressed that he became a rock star and not a school shooter it's 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 one of those ones where too where it's like you you look at this guy and then I think I'm like is this just a tragic event or did you have someone who was was seeing, you know, what we saw in someone and was pushing the narrative to this, right? You know, this theory is there's, I, I read a theory that she hired an ex Seattle um, cop turned hitman or cop who moonlights as hitman and the Seattle police helped cover it up. Like I've read so many wild things on this one, but again, it's just, it's so hard. Like you said, Dan, we're dealing with so much misinformation and like also at the time, Tom Grant would have been dealing with someone in the thralls of addiction, right? So it's 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 hard to believe any of the information. Like it's all it just it doesn't look it doesn't look good for anyone. Like it's, it's I don't know it's, though. Like we talk about the thralls of addiction, and when I when I when I look at the thralls of addiction, I look at Kurt Cobain, multiple overdoses, failure to cope, not doing I guess, well. I look at I look at Courtney Love, and I see. Oh, dude, movie, she's a history acting of in movies. I see producing new fucking albums. Yeah. I see history of faking manipulations. ODs. You know what I yeah. mean? The only overdoses that's, that that's I know she saying, had, like, she fucking faked. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know if she was in the thralls of fucking addiction. That's I have true. absolutely zero clue. It doesn't look good. Nothing looks good for her. That Tom Grant guy says when he went to see her, he went to see her, her in rehab. And then when he got to rehab, he's like, this wasn't rehab at all. Her drug dealer no, was, was oh, there. Yeah, she, yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, like a self checking thing, right? That it, was like exactly. The, He's like, yeah. this wasn't a fuck. This wasn't rehab at all. They were in there partying. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, honestly, I, I feel like it was all a show. I think they say that she fucked when she met Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain wanted nothing to do with her. He wasn't interested in dating her, and she fucking kept pushing and she pushing and pushing. Tracked him and, down and tracked him down because I think she knew what this guy was fucking capable of. I think this fucking girl is way smarter than anybody gives her credit for. I think so too. Mm. But so why didn't she let him die in Rome? Maybe she maybe he was supposed to die there. Well, think about it this way though. Like, okay, so she but dies she's the in, only one in the room. But listen, so she's the only person in the room with him when he dies in a Rome as opposed to her 
hiring a fucking PI because she's super distraught and worried about her fucking husband that's gone missing and then he's found dead. She's going to look a hell of a lot more guilty than being in a fucking room with him alone where the, just the two of them and he's dead as opposed to hiring the fucking uh, private investigator and not yeah, being anywhere many, near him when he Yeah, there'd be too dies. many questions. Hey, weren't you there? Why didn't you call 911? What happened? Like, how did you not know he was dying? Maybe maybe she thought he wasn't going to make it. Maybe that, you know what I mean? That's when she one called theory. 911. Maybe she thought she was already too far away. The, the forging, it, dude, it's crazy. I don't like it. You know what I mean? Like, it, Some, it, it's something hard. doesn't like, smell right you're automatically going to be the first person suspected if you're in the room with him when he fucking dies. You're already the number one suspect being the spouse. Just being the spouse. Yeah, yeah totally. So <laughs> that's so. why, like, but now you think, like, she fakes an OD, like, so she's got, she's time and a place. She's puts herself, like, away from the situation. She's nowhere she's near Seattle iron, when he dies. ironclad alibi. It's rock solid. Yeah. As opposed to being in a fucking foreign country with him in the same room where he dies. Now, instead of her being that being that being said, they say he consumed sixty fucking tabs of Rufalin. You know what I mean? Like, did he? Did he pass out drunk and her fucking jab that shit down his throat? Uh, I don't think so. They had to pump his stomach. What, what? 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 Don't you think so? Sorry. I mean, I don't think she shoved fifty pills down his throat. <laughs> well, you just well, so you, you could just think that though. Exactly, as as opposed to us consuming well, assuming you- that he took them willingly. So you, th- oh, like what if she just kept giving to him after he was like high or what something? What if she spiked, what if she spiked the fucking champagne that they were chugging? Yeah. Anyways. I, you, you know what I mean? So like it, it's, there's, it's not fucking cut and dry. We have no idea. It's all speculating. All right. We're all trying to come Let's, up with fucking ideas. Well, I mean, then we how could, come I, the, the, I, think, I still think my Vatican one, my Vatican I like your Vatican still holds water. <laughs> I think, it, I think that's a cool idea. I, I think, I, the, I think the CIA, we know the CIA has footholds in, in Rome. Right with Operation Gladia, we know they've got. I think they were involved too. I'm on board. I like yours. Yeah, I'm good. With they it went too. the way I'll, of Elvis. I, I I personally think Courtney had a hand in it. That's just my. That's. It doesn't look good. Like it doesn't look just good. Look no. at all this stuff. It looks very suspect. If you know what I mean, if if she had nothing to do with it, she's just the most random shady bitch on the fucking face of the planet. I mean, she kind of looks that way from the beginning. Like, yeah, totally. Yep. <laughs> I mean, she's not your normal person, you know, no. she's not her, uh, her mental state probably differs than a lot of people. <laughs> her life outlooks are definitely a way. I don't way know different. though, man. She fucking inherited $450 million. Still her hold- net worth today is only 150 million. Still. still well, she's sold million. off some See of the rights mean? to some of their, some of their back catalog and stuff now, but. Anyway, you know so I mean? I'm telling right. you, she's not making that much money off a of fucking whole royal. We've, we've <laughs> so. gone, uh, we've gone a little long. So no UFO case for the week, though. Do we have a theory out of the week? Yes, we'll give it to Mr. Fish King. Fish King on our Discord the server. Fish King. Po- the yeah, Fish straight King, straight up Definitely catching the dinosaurs, King. man. I know he posted some really cool pictures of his uh, romps through the swamp and the Everglades. Uh, gators, uh, pretty fucking rad picture of a huge sturgeon. Ugh. And just like all the dinosaur-looking fucking alligators, I guess dinosaur that hang out fish. in his backyard. <laughs> totally. Uh, so oh, yeah. we got some new Patreons. Dude, we got some Patreons this week. We have Marina Popovic, Hibernating Ooh. Mama Bear, Emily M one zero six. Fuck, how you pronounce this? Exchel, Exchel. James Carruthers, right. 
Bryce McWilliams. Oh, this this motherfucker right here. Sean Blake. <laughs> Sean Balake. Funny. I have to have him back on a pod one day. Uh, John G. Alan Martinez. Joseph Meza. Spencer Board. Tan, Tansiqua, Tansiqua Kitha. Jacob Watson. Jake Waller. Megan Blanco. The Space Mayan. Thomas Munson. Dabal Corp. Fleckmo. Digibop. People are just trying to throw me for loops here. You're just making up names. They're throwing me for loops. <laughs> Fleckmo Digibop. John Becker Kalman. Sweet name. And that is it for this week. Start of a new month. Woo. Whole bunch of new patrons. So thank Fletch you very Mo much Jigabob. for supporting the show. Um, Zell, before we go to, uh, do you have Facebook open on your computer? Someone sent us some pictures during the show that made me laugh out loud. I had a stifle. Uh, he titled them Doth Thou Even Theorize? Uh, I sent them to the Facebook Messenger chat. They're fucking hilarious. Oh, dude. These yeah, are pull good. each one of those up. These are titled Doth Thou Even Theorize? No, no, these are so good. This is theorized of the week material for next week. Let's save them. For next week? Yeah, save, save them for them. next those week. Are great. Those could be t-shirts. That could be yeah, those, oh, are dude, those are so, so funny. Those are great. Uh, Zell, you got a band of the week or what? <laughs> oh, I do. I'm giving band of the week to an artist on Spotify called L. Pete. He's like, this song is called Eclipse in Las Peradas. It's like Spanish metal. It's pretty oh, awesome. Nice. Instrumental, but it's dope. So I'll play it at the end. Soulfly. All right. And next week we got coming to you, Case File 144, the Internet Research Agency. So stay tuned next week where we dive deep into where memes come from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who make it? We'll find the truth. Who make the it meme the spring. meme? <laughs> Should be fun. Uh, and as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. Thanks, everyone. Peace.